we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast on the Beckett Podcast Network. I am your host, Eric. Man, I'm here with Tyler from Breaker Culture. What's going on, man? What's up? How are you doing? How are you? We're both sweating together here. It's warm. <laughs> it is warm. It is cold outside, everybody. We're at, we're at AT&T Stadium for the Tops Million Carter Rip. It is really chilly outside. But inside of this building, I don't know if it's the heat coming off these cases that they're it's breaking or, or what's going on, but it's it's warm in here. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you a stupid question. What brought you down? <laughs> yeah, I think it was, it, I think just the convenience of meeting more breakers that I've, I've had so many times on our show. And this is a very unique opportunity. Yeah. Right? I, Tops is trying something here. Yeah, Tops is really trying something. Uh, I will be completely honest. Like I was like at a football stadium and it's it, like it didn't make sense to me but seeing this all put together yeah. it kind of makes sense it does it kind of makes sense so um yeah i guess you are you're meeting guys for the first time that you've probably interviewed and, yeah. and, you, and some that you've probably never interviewed yeah this is a, a group of 19 breakers that i'll you know I, I probably know about half of them yeah and the other half i've, I've not heard of but and they're all doing a really good job down there. They are doing a good job. It's fun. You, I mean, you, there's excite, excitement floating around, right? You get a good car, everyone stops. It's like, oh, what do you, yeah. what do you pull? Yeah. It's pretty fun. Uh, the ele- the uh, surprise elements that Tops has uh, implemented with, you know, with the giveaways, with the live giveaways that they're doing, yeah. and, uh, that's that's going to be an added bonus. The first one they did, they, they did two, were two exclusive Pete Alonzo 101s that yeah. are not even – out there to the public, so they're, they're incredible. Yeah, that bat. Who's the bat of? Uh, Francisco it's Lindor. It's game use. It was game use. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's nuts. Yeah, and then then Pete Alonso being here uh, for the media and, and, and for this, what a great kid, man. He is cool. Just all absolute, respect. You said it best, and you said he was real. You know, he was he was genuine, and uh, like I, I got that same feel. He was he was a, it was a, he was a genuine. Uh, guy and just really happy to be here and like kind of see his face light up when talking about seeing himself on a card that was yeah that was, that cool. was really neat right that was cool that was really neat so uh just for my listeners who might not know who, yeah. who breaker culture is explain a little bit about your background how long you've been involved uh doing that yeah. doing that podcast because it's a great show sure thank you yeah we started our site about five years ago doing kind of the yelp of breaker group breakers right giving mm-hmm. people a spot to fill out reviews for breakers because it was the wild wild west for a long time yeah and then it kind of evolved into analytics and all that fun stuff that we do. But yeah, we started the podcast about two years ago, about 85 episodes in, and started off just interviewing group breakers. Yeah. Tell your story, right? Here's a platform. Tell your story. Let people know kind of what goes into this because there's a lot that people don't understand that goes into running a successful group breaking. Yeah, business. absolutely. Because they're, so. they're they're fight or flight, right? And they, they, they're a dime a dozen. They pop up overnight and they disappear the next day. For sure. Yeah. It's uh, I think, you know specifically to the 19 but that are sitting behind us tops did a real good job of, of you know bringing good reputable break, breakers here and you know they've been around for a while they're established and you can tell that one by the personalities that are sitting behind us two by the commitment to it they're not just oh look at this baseball card right they're just as excited as, yeah. as everyone else uh, you, you, you know the viewers watching so like you being able to almost provide that yelp service that let's yeah. weed out the good from the bad yeah. you have a rating system is that correct yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean it, it helps a lot for people who don't know you, you got to go check out the website it's breakerculture.com right yeah. so you gotta go check that out so what are your views of of breaking this product like because it's this is a tough product to break it to is. be honest we, with you. We we're talking offline about this yeah. right? i mean some of these guys i would say maybe a majority of these guys they, have, they haven't done this before they right it's, it's not a breaker friendly product it's just not they're just flipping through the base like, mm-hmm. oh, here you go, get this out of the way. 
Yeah, and it's hard. It's, it's hard to do that here. Obviously, you don't want to treat them like that. Right. You, with so many variations and, and yeah. stuff like that in this product, you really got to pay attention, right? Yeah. Like at here at Beckett, we'll get blown up if we don't flip through the cards and like pick out the variations yeah. immediately, you know. And I, I assume for someone who's never broken a product like this, if they don't know what they're looking for variations, it could be a drag. No kidding. Uh, so at least I, they gave them jumbo cases, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Right. That's yeah. a that's a whole different beast too. Those jumbo cases. Oh, man. But having a million cards on the market the day before the product goes live, how do you feel? What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where it, it's kind of a catch-22. Again, we were talking about this where it, as, a, as a ripper and flipper, I'm sure you're kind of frustrated. Like, well, you just watered down and mm -hmm. probably saturated the market for our margins. But the flip side, we just took a million cards off the market right, right. that quick. That quick. You know, it's, a, it's probably a pretty good piece of the print run in this product. So I would think so. I would think so, man. And, you know, Guys are still going to chase it because it's, it's yeah. Top Series 1, right? Sure. They're still going to put it together and they're still going to wait. They're still going to love when Top Series 2 comes out and they're still going to love when Update comes out. They're going to chase all of that. So I don't think it's a horrible thing. I think at first, initially, I was like, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But, I, you know, stepping that back, I think it's I think it'll be okay. Yeah. I think it'll be okay. Everybody's going to get what they want. And as long as everybody, you know, gets their base cards they'll be happy agreed yeah this is the one product you can do that with right you do this with like triple threads or something mm -hmm. where you take you take a million of those cards off the market the, the product's destroyed right yeah this is this is completely different so uh just just one and done you're down for the day and you're back you're going back tonight yeah to, well, back home tonight we got the we got the chief super bowl party man the parade in kansas city i gotta get back get the kids to that i want, I want you i want my listening audience to know that was called a layup when i said when i set him <laughs> up to talk about the chiefs and it's that easy so uh big chiefs fan obviously oh man diehard chiefs so how, how do you feel about that win on sunday we'll take it we'll take it right we'll absolutely take it is is there anything that pat mahomes can't do oh my gosh that guy <laughs> i mean he's just He's what a what a, an amazing face of a franchise. Yeah, just a good guy. I mean, he's, I know a lot of people that have interacted with him to some capacity, and just, he it, just has done it so well. It's impressive. So he grew up here in Tyler, Texas, mm -hmm. and I have a friend that covered him while he was in high school, or before high school, middle school, and he said like, when he was in eighth grade, everybody knew that he was going to be on the next level. It just it was a matter of what sport he was going to be playing. I mean, wow. he, he's just as good of a, he's a great pitcher, right? I heard great, that, yeah. He's a great pitcher. He's drafted, right? He was yeah, he was, he was drafted in, uh, 2015 by or Detroit, like by Detroit, I believe. Yeah, and he could have went and played. I mean, obviously, his dad pitched for the for the Twins and the Rangers for for I think 11 seasons, I think. Um, but to see him excel on the football field the way he does, we saw it at Texas Tech. We had to wait a year when he got to the NFL because Alex Smith was in Kansas City, and when he finally got let loose, it's like this whole revelation of oh my god this guy's amazing yeah and he is <laughs> and he's 24 and he, we we got at least another 10 years of this oh my goodness as a football fan i'm, ex I'm excited for that right yeah as, as a hobbyist right yeah as a it's hobbyist like, too you just look at that what he's done to the football card he re-energized yeah. last year i feel like re-energized the football card market right very much needed yes and uh i know i know we're at a tops party and we're talking football right now but I, I got to bring up the, the Panini Prism, Silver Prism, because yeah. like as soon as the Super Bowl ended, that card was selling for $1,200. Yeah. $600 three weeks ago. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. I bought a case of 2017 Panini Prism. Didn't pull one, one Pat Mahomes. Nuts. Not even a base, huh? Not even a base. Oh, 
that's nuts, man. I was. That's exciting to uh, to know that the card market is that strong. Yeah. You know, we were. I was talking to my, uh, Paul Worth earlier, uh, my former co-host, and you know he he left Beckett to open mm-hmm. his own shop, and he said. You can't, if you're not making money right now in the card business, you're just not doing something right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So it's such a healthy market right now. And I know that everybody talks about a bubble. And it, it, that's a possibility, I understand. But right now, it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. And events like this that Tops is putting on is a great, a great representation of that. Mm. You don't, you don't yeah. get this many, break, this many people at a stadium this big to open this product if it's not that good. That's a great point. That's, that's a really good point. Good. Yeah, exciting. It's crazy. All right, they're making an announcement, so we're going to go. Guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. This is Jeff Rosenberg, president of TriStar Productions. You're listening to the Fat Packs on Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're hanging out here at the Tops Million Card Rip Party. I found Emma from SI, and I had to sit down with her because she's new to this, but she's she's actually in town here for, for something with the Rangers tomorrow. But we're, today, she had to be a part of this. First of all, you said you collected as a kid, Emma. Yeah. But you don't do it much now, right? Yeah, no, I don't. I kind of fell out of it as much as I loved the game. It was, for me, that was something that was the biggest thing in the world when I was eight. Sure. And I, you know, I haven't kept up with as much. So what, what do you think seeing this? Because this is, for someone coming back to it, this is impressive, right? Yeah, no, this is incredible. Um, just the sheer amount of activity and seeing how much goes into it, that it's not just opening it on camera. There's this whole team of people behind who are sorting everything and putting mm-hmm. it together. And yeah, this is so cool. It's a massive undertaking. Like, I think people forget about the sorting part. Yeah. And with a product like Top Series 1, there's so much sorting that has to be done, uh, whether it be like a team for the Rangers that has one player on the checklist or a team like the Yankees, who you know, have nine, ten different players on the checklist. It's an, it's a, an impressive undertaking. So you, you came out here, you're checking it out for the first time. Uh, you got to meet Pete Alonso. That's pretty yeah. cool. How do, how do you feel about that? No, yeah, that was cool. That was actually, I uh, opened some cards on camera for someone and didn't realize someone had handed me a Pete Alonso card, and it wasn't until I turned around that I saw it, it was Pete Alonso himself. It was, it was so. Pete Alonso yeah. passing out cards. That was pretty sweet that he was doing that. Um, so do you think seeing this like you might want to get back into opening packs a little bit well it's really cool to see the community around it um like just how much of a culture there is around this that you know like for me as a kid that was always like a solitary thing i did mm-hmm. you know like i would my mom would take me to the store i could get a pack of cards and that was something i like opened up in my bedroom and kept in a shoebox. sure and like seeing everyone share in it and like the number of people who are commenting and watching and how it really is like a social experience is like just really cool and yeah. you know, something I never would have thought of when I was a kid. Absolutely. So how did, how, how did you, I'm going to guess you love sports as a kid, right? Yeah. How did you parlay that into working at SI? Uh, it actually, I mean, I love my job and feel very happy to have it, but this wasn't my plan. Um, I did journalism in school i did like local news political news coming out of it and thought i was going to stay on that path but i'd always um loved sports obviously and i got lucky to get an opportunity to do kind of my what i was doing in journalism outside of just regular news sure. and politics and uh yeah got really lucky and now i'm here now you're here so do you have a favorite si cover that you since you've been there oh, oh well since i've been there hmm, that's a good question my favorite one from when i was a kid was um I grew up a Cleveland fan, and Grady Sizemore was on the cover when I was in like eighth grade. Why Sizemore matters, which is something I still remember um, all these years later. So that was my favorite growing up. Um, 
My favorite that we've done since I've gotten there, it's a really good question. Um, I'm still amazed at how they do the championship ones and mm -hmm. like do such a good job of kind of capturing that moment. Sure. Um, and, yeah. when I, so when I was a kid, my favorite SI cover, and I still have it at home actually, uh, was when Texas won the Rose Bowl to win the national championship and Vince Young standing there with all that confetti yeah. coming down on top of him. That's, that's awesome. And then I think recently, gosh, there's been so many, but all, all, also, you know, again, the championship ones are, are fun to yeah. see, right? Any time that there's a, a young up-and-comer, those are always fun to yeah. watch. And especially to go back and look through, and like when LeBron was on the cover for the first yeah. time, right? You look at him, and he's he's not a scrawny 18-year-old kid, but he's not the he's not yeah. huge. He's not what he is now, right? So seeing seeing the covers and seeing how the athletes evolve uh, from then to now is really fun. And you know, I, I, I like to go back and look at that. So you said you grew up in Cleveland. You're an Indians fan then? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I actually grew up, I spent most of my childhood in North Carolina, but my family's from Ohio, so I grew up Cleveland fan for all sports. And, okay. Uh, yeah. So, Browns suck, and you're still waiting for next year. Yes. <laughs> right. And then the Indians, so, like, collecting baseball or opening packs as a kid, were you looking for those Indians cards? Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's one of the things that's so cool to see about breaks, the idea of being able to buy it and just, you would just get yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, oh yeah, that was definitely my thing as a kid, just rifling through to see, okay, which Cleveland cards are in here, and sure. then going back to actually look at what I had thrown right. on the ground. <laughs> absolutely. Was Sizemore your favorite player? Or? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Like Kenny Lofton for me. I was a Kenny Lofton guy. How do you feel about the movie uh, Major League then? I love it. Um, I, can, <laughs> I can laugh at it. Sure. Um, yeah, would maybe feel a little better had they won in 2016 or had sure. they won anything right. uh, in my lifetime. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. So, um, Tops a couple of years ago did a insert set that was all major league cards. And there was only five or six cards, but Ricky Vaughn had a card. Oh, cool. It was, it was cool to see. So you got to seek those out. As a Cleveland fan, fan I feel like you kind of need those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, if I'm going to start a set again, I guess I'll start with that. So uh, what are you working on uh, for SI this week? That what, what, what can we catch you in next? Uh, yeah, well, I'm here in Texas to do something on the Rangers' new stadium and okay. what it means to kind of build the ballpark of the future. Sure. Um, so that'll be kind of the next big thing I have out, and then something about a uh, card culture, obviously. There so, you go. Yeah. So as a rain, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a Rangers fan, but there's no, I just want everybody to know there's nothing wrong with Globe Life Park. It's a beautiful park. So Globe Life Stadium now, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I'm excited about the roof. Yeah. Because it gets really hot here, but other than that, I don't know why we needed a new stadium. Yeah, I mean, part of it was kind of, it's really striking to realize uh, a park that's as old as I am is old enough to be replaced. <laughs> that's um, crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I asked you about it, I think, off air, but, like, what do you think about, the, we're sitting in AT&T Stadium. Have you ever seen anything this big, like, stadium-wise? No, I haven't. Yeah, this is my first time here, obviously, covering baseball. I don't, I don't get to visit many football stadiums. Right. So, uh, no, this is pretty cool it's a great location for this awesome all right emma where can my listeners find you uh on social media yeah i'm on twitter uh with just my name which is emma bachelary okay um and yeah that's just about it all right go check her out emma bachelary uh at emma bachelary on twitter thank you so much for joining yeah, us thank you all right you guys hang tight we'll be right back <coughs> hey this is ben with i break cards and you're listening to the fat packs all right, guys, we're moving right along here at the Tops Million Card Rip. My next guest is Z Spee 
Geffen. Did I get that right? You got it. I got it right. I'm so sorry. I'm going to mess that up. No, that's all right. Yeah. So, uh, it won't be the first time. <laughs> you were the MLBPA. What exactly do you do? So I oversee uh, trading cards, memorabilia, and new business uh, development opportunities over there. Okay. Or were you a collector growing up? Uh, I was a collector. Typical story. I was a collector, you know, from uh, five until 14 or 15, then fell out of it um, for a little bit. But I uh, was employed by Tops for about six years. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, when I was an ABM and a brand manager over there, I you know, really developed an interest in collecting and it rekindled that fire. Awesome. Uh, so I've been into it for like the last eight, nine years. So you, you triggered a question that I never ask this question unless it's triggered. Uh, you said you got out of it for a while. Yeah. Was it a girl? That's what I want to know. <laughs> girl in sports. Girl in yeah, sports. Yeah, very typical story. Yeah. You, know? right, right. you could have told me my story before I told you. Absolutely. Get into everyone's uh, equation. So, so, oh, they're making an announcement, so we're going to be quiet here just for a minute. I don't know if you guys can hear that. But. Oh. There you go. Okay. So you were at Tops for a while. Yeah. So is that kind of where you feel back in love with the hobby? Yeah, very yeah. much so. Um, you know, being on the other side of it, putting, you know, um, some branding, some creativity, some product ideas, and then seeing the product come to fruition, you know, after the design phase, operations, um, you know, really took a new approach into everything that goes behind making the product. Sure. Um, and just fell back in love with it, basically. That, in, that everything goes into a making a product. It's like an undertaking that I don't think the common collector is going to understand. Yeah. Can you kind of like, like, from, conception or inception to, to when it actually happens. Yeah. How long of a process is that? Uh, it's, a, it's about a full year, if okay. not longer. You know, if you're taking a new product, um, then you're doing everything from, you know, creating the product description and then you really have to be the brand steward. You pitch it to the internal sales team and see if the, the team gets behind it and mm -hmm. the concepts that, um, you know, you've developed with your team. And then once you do that, then you uh, run through the feasibility of the product with the operations department. So, sure. Um, and then, you know, if it gets green lit, which obviously it doesn't all the time, but right. if it does, then you start meeting with the design team, you meet with your associate brand managers and your editors to help pull the images, put the su subject list together. So it, it can take a really long time. For a new product, it's 13, 14 months, it, could, it can be. So on, on your side of the job now with the NOPA, yeah. What kind of input or do you have in the process? Yeah, so we oversee the the group licensing rights for uh, Major League Baseball players. So you know, we're just making sure that the players are shown in the best light possible. Um, obviously, checking QA and approvals, make sure names, statistics are correct. Right. But then also just trying to guide the category. Obviously, within collectibles, um, you know, there's a fine balance. Uh, within the entire industry. So we want to make sure that it's growing, that we're bringing new people into it, but um, in the same breath, also keeping the collectibles aspect um, within the industry, and it's a very fine balance. Uh, right. So it's something that we have to monitor. Is it, like, you, you brought up the stats, and is that something you just kind of have to be a nerd about? Like, you got to love stats and be able to check them? And <laughs> you know, to, there's very granular, uh, obviously, statistics. So you're checking it, um, you're checking it online with all you know, baseball reference, MLB.com, any, any you know, um, fact-checking source, and then you, if you have an interest in it, it makes the it makes the job that much easier sure. and more interesting. Is 
Is that for every card? Like for top series one, is that every card you got to check stats and? Someone's got someone's got eyes on every card to try to make sure none of uh, you know nothing slips through. Obviously, you're dealing with um, a bulk of cards, so mm -hmm. mistakes, oversight sometimes are inevitable. Right. We want to try to to reduce those occurrences. Yeah, you definitely don't want those popping out there. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, exactly. that's never fun. Right. So, what from your from your side of the things now with the MLBPA? Top Series One's coming out tomorrow. Yeah, uh, this is like the beginning of the baseball season, essentially, right? right? How do you guys view this? It's because on our radar in the hobby, it's a huge, huge thing. Yeah, is the same for y'all? Uh, it's definitely the same for me in my seat. You know, overseeing trading cards and memorabilia, I do sort of feel like um, Series One kicks off the baseball season, um, and you know, it really sets the tide for all the baseball um, products that um, fall within our portfolio so yeah. a strong series one usually means a strong year um, so we look at it pretty closely we have events like the million card rip party that help um, you know publicize the product um, and obviously help break through the product which uh, yeah, I think is uh, you know great from multiple different angles right um, so I do agree that you know, today really starts the beginning of baseball season and then pitchers and catchers will be reporting soon yeah you saw like if you're on social media now you see a lot of teams um, with their moving trucks packed up, you're seeing photos on Instagram the, right. with the trucks heading out. So I sort of feel like baseball season's here, and obviously the Super Bowl just uh, wrapped up this this Sunday. Right now, are you going to be in both Florida and and Arizona for for spring training? Uh, members of the Players Association will be in both. I, I specifically am going to Arizona, um, but we'll have team members in Florida as well. Uh, you know, there's a lot of work to get done during spring training, just sure. prepping for um, the training card season and all of our other licensees as well um, within the Players Association. Sure. Um, so we'll have members of our team in both locations. Are, I, if, if, if the answer is you can't answer it, that's fine. But like, do you guys help prep the players for, say, autograph signings and and you know memorabilia and stuff like that. You tell them do's and don'ts and things like that, or do you kind of hands off. I wouldn't necessarily we say we we prep them or tell them do's and don'ts, but we definitely want, you know, everyone to make sure that they, we want everyone to understand what goes behind an autograph deal and, mm -hmm. you know, the amount of time that it takes to sign X number of autographs or, or things of that sort. Because um, obviously in my seat, you know, redemptions aren't helping anybody. So you want to reduce the number of redemptions in the product. Uh, and to do that, you know, communication and transparency is pretty key. Right. So that guys understand what they're signing up for if they are to elect to, to sign an autograph deal. But um, I, we don't try to shape a decision one way or another, but we just try to be transparent with the information and, you know, the time commitment it'll take for guys to sign certain quantities of autographs. I think that's something that goes overlooked from the collector side of the thing is the time commitment from players that it takes to sign autographs yeah. given their full schedule that they already have completely and then, then people complain about redemptions it's just part of the game yeah it, i mean it's kind of a crappy part of the game but it has to happen the way it happens so uh i guess what i'm getting at is you know from the collector side you got to give these guys a little bit of a break because they're doing everything. I've seen it. You've seen it. Yeah. They're doing all that they can to get these signed. Yeah, completely. You know, we definitely feel that they are. Um, and you know, if if something comes up where you know we can be of assistance or 
um, or anything, you know, we'll try to communicate better with, with certain guys. But, uh, you know, if you look at, particularly in baseball, the length of the season, the number of games, and the limited number of off days, um, and you realize, you know, if a guy gets home from a 12-day road trip, he hasn't seen his family. You know, right. he hasn't seen his family in 12, 13 days. Right. And I mean, it's easy to overlook that as a fan. Um, but, you know, when you when you digest that these are human beings and right. they have emotions and they have commitments uh, beyond just being on the field and signing cards, you know, it helps to paint a bigger picture of, you know, all the, all the time commitments Absolutely. that the guys are. Absolutely. I'll get you out of here on this question. Yeah. Are you allowed to have a rooting interest for a team or a player? I know that you've got to walk a line probably, <laughs> but do you have a quiet, like a quietly hidden rooting interest? I, uh, you know, I do. I've, here, here's how I'll answer that. You know, I feel like most uh, baseball fans, you know, they they grow up rooting for a team or, or a bunch of players. So, right. um, I've, you know, working in sports, I obviously grew up, um, you know, digesting sports and rooting for certain players and certain teams, uh, and that is still the case. It's sure. hard to break those habits, uh, but certainly try to, you know, keep them behind closed doors and not let anything interfere with the job. I understand completely. Yeah. All right, Mr. Geffen, thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, I appreciate thank you. It, appreciate it. All right, guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Kyle Farmer with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and you're listening to Fat Packs. All right, guys, we're back after a quick break. Jeremy Fullerton, the baseball brand manager at Tops. How, how'd you get that gig, man? Uh, 13 years in the, in the trenches, or I should say probably 11 years in the trenches. Okay. That's a, that's a long time. <laughs> Let's start with your hobby history then. Like, how did, did you, were you a collector as a kid and, yes. and like, just loved it? And, and yeah, I started collecting in 1986. Okay. Um, so uh, in New York, just outside of New York City, Mets fan. 86 was a good year to sure. be a Mets fan. Absolutely. Start collecting cards, um, and from there the hook was the hooks were in. Um, I worked in a hobby shop while I was in high school. Um, through the early, I guess so that's the early 90s, and uh, you know, really loved it. Went to college, disposable income went elsewhere. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, worked in the sports industry. Uh, went to school for that. Came back up north and found an opportunity, an opening uh, with Tops. Sure. And, you know, when I was in high school or even in grade school, the thought of working for Tops, working for a baseball card company, wasn't even something I was like, you could have this as your job. Right. Um, but then it was like, oh, yeah, I could work. This is a company, you know, my history fits well. Um, and started in working with Tops in the sales department. Um, we got the UFC license at yes. the time, and I was literally the one guy in the office who followed the sport, um, <laughs> so was leaned on heavily uh, to help build those products, the initial products, and uh, you know just kept taking more, taking more until they had to move me over into the brand side, um, and then started. I've, I've worked on pretty much most of the the licenses that Tops has had over my career, sure. entertainment. Um, all the different sports, um, and now, you know, just two years ago, taking over the baseball brands, taking over the UFC brands officially, um, about 50% of the baseball brands and all the UFC, and our, uh, our XFL brand, um, you know, doing that stuff too, so um, it's been a lot of fun. I want to go back to the UFC brands, sure. okay? I was just recently on a, uh, we did a break of Topps 
UFC round two, okay? I don't think those early UFC products get enough credit for how good they are. They're pretty fantastic. They uh, they um, really are. I'm not I'm not saying that because you're tops and you're sitting in front of sure. me. They're great products. Yeah. Well, it was it, it, you know I think uh, you know and not to, to toot my own horn too much, but they were built by somebody who loved the sport, right. who knew the sport. Um, we were getting John Jones autos when he was you know had two wins in the UFC. Mm -hmm. You know, um, going after prospects, we were following the sport heavily, getting the guys in that we thought could be good right. um, and we we landed a bunch of them sure. um, and it was cool stuff and the UFC was a great partner giving us access to mats you know mm -hmm. that's kind of something that isn't seen a lot in a lot of the other sport where we know specifically all the time what is this of this relic right from? it is from this event and these fighters fought on this event from UFC on Fox 7 right or on UFC 100 you know, we know it's George St. Pierre, Matt Relic from UFC 100. That's exactly what it is. You know, a lot of times it's tough um, outside of authentic authentication is to, to know exactly which David Ortiz jersey was this. Right. Um, just, you know, we're, it's guaranteed to be authentic. You know, the MLB has given it to us. It's come from the locker room, but sometimes discerning exactly which dates those are right. um, is a little bit more difficult. So. so you bring up an interesting point there, the mats. You guys have the UFC license and the WWE license. Mm -hmm. Do you have a warehouse full of mats somewhere? <laughs> um, we we tend to get pieces of them because okay. they are huge pieces. Yeah. Um, we do not need that many pieces for uh, our releases. Um, so we'll get... You know, we'll ask for 10 square feet, gotcha. 5 square feet, and know that that will yield a certain amount of cards. That is more than sufficient for what I need. Awesome, awesome. I'm sorry to go off on a UFC right no. now. Just, it makes sense. Uh, one, just, again, those early UFC products are great. I love the inserts and the subsets in them that mm -hmm. you just didn't see that. I mean, you, you had it in baseball products, obviously, but it was just kind of a new concept of UFC, and having that and they're pretty they're you know they have foil and, and some of them are uh, textured and they're, mm -hmm. they're really great and the fight posters were awesome good job thank Just, you good job thank you as i'm washing your balls excuse me uh, <laughs> so let's talk about top series one minute sure first of all congratulations yes this is thank you this is awesome thank you guys you. did yeah. a really great job here you're doing a great job what from your you this your brand manager for baseball which mm -hmm. is a big big thing especially with this product you have to take kind of ownership of it, obviously. Sure. So what did you bring to the game that was different from what other people did differently? Um, I think it's, you know, just kind of thinking about what can we celebrate this year? Yeah. Um, and how, and then how do we celebrate? You know, it's 2020. Uh, Topps has been doing cards for now seven decades, um, if my math is correct, uh, from the 50s through 2020 now. Um, and how would we celebrate the different decades in baseball, the different stars of those decades. And, you know, Topps has been an integral part in baseball history, Absolutely. too. Yes, yes. So where is our place in that history, too? Um, so it's the um, Topps Choice insert. So all of last year, you know, for a good portion of last year, we were soliciting votes from collectors. What was your favorite design from each decade? So for the 80s, you know, 87 won out. Mm, uh, yeah. So there'll be new cards on the 87 design or players that were not in the 87 set in the 87 design nice or for uh you know i forget the other years that one for i think it was 71 um so it's like guys who weren't in the 71 set 
um, in that set, you know, be it guys from the 50s or guys from the 1990s that sure. were never on that 71 set. Very nice. Uh, I got I to gotta tell you, we have a saying uh, on, the, on the show, wood grain is sexy, and it's because of 87 Tops. Man. 87 Tops is, <laughs> it holds a special place in my heart. Everybody's heart, right? Um, you know, if you grew up in the 80s, 87, that Bo Jackson card is just that, a piece of artwork. That's the one, right? That's the, the it's the quintessential part of my, of my childhood, right? Of course. Right? The 87, but then I remember also like, uh, who is it? The uh, uh, Ron May? No, 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 no. The Indians player. He just looks so angry. Just like okay, it's, it's a it's a close up of his face. It'll come to me later, and I'll and I'll tell you who it was. <laughs> but uh, he's so angry, and it's it's crazy. So that's great. What as you guys move forward with with top series one, I've seen some great cards coming out here that I haven't seen in other. Top series one or two products like these patch autographs and uh, things. King Griffey Jr. that was pulled earlier. I haven't seen that design yet or anything close to that in a yes. top series one. So Topps Reverence is one of those that's kind of like a piece of one. What could be a high end brand? Yeah. In a flagship brand. Yeah. Um, so those are all on card autos, patch uh, patch relics. Mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of one on one letter patches. We've seen a few of those pulled and today. Trout with earlier, a, with yeah. A Trout and I think a Brantley. Yeah. I remember seeing. Um, we've got sketch cards, and then, you know, the most sought-after piece that you're going to find in Series 1 is going to be that golden uh, celebration of the decades ticket. Yeah. I want to talk about that. What, that's a party in Vegas, so yep. first of all, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. One, when is it, and two, can I come? It's in November. <laughs> all right. Um, hopefully, you're lucky enough to pull <laughs> one of the, uh, the 50, car, uh, 50 tickets that you'll find in there, um, and it is going to be the celebration of the decades with tops so you can expect um, things like a, the transcendent parties that sure. we've become known for um, where it'll be talent there uh, baseball talent mm -hmm. um, probably through multiple decades there nice we'll have unique product you know uni unique cards made just for the attendees of this event uh, probably additional you know fun prizing and right. that you know is synonymous with that sort of tops party right. that we've been throwing for the last couple of years. You guys have been doing it really well. I have heard no complaints. Uh, another big, not baseball, but another big thing that you all have done is Tops Transcendent. You brought up the brand, but uh, as a WWE fan and a mark myself, WWE Transcendent is really cool. You guys are giving away SummerSlam tickets this year? I think so. I don't work on the wrestling brands. I am a huge fan sure. uh, myself, um, you know, growing up in the shadows of Madison Square Garden. Right. Uh, you know, seeing guys like uh, the One Man Gang and right. JYD and that era all the way up till through now. Um, it's a fun product for me to lend my opinions, you know, because that's what's great about Tops. We're always sharing opinions and you, know, you never know when the next great idea is going to come, who it's going to come from right. and when it's going to come from. So kind of consulting them as a fan right. uh, on that and uh, trying to weasel my way into those parties. <laughs> <laughs> I understand completely. As a fan, uh, you said you were a Mets fan growing up. Yes. Uh, Pete Alonso, you guys had him here earlier. Pretty fantastic. Did you geek out a little bit? I did. I did. <laughs> you know, um, I've obviously followed him for the last couple of years. Um, excited to see him, you know, perform at the level he's performed um, and, you know, help lead the team uh, to hopefully, you know, it's, hey, it's spring training. I'm right. a Mets fan. I'm hopeful. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, and hopefully lead to, to, to bigger and better things for the Mets. Um, I've had the opportunity to meet some of the, the great Mets, you know, mm -hmm. through Tops and Strawberry, 
Gooden, uh, David Wright, and now Pete Alonzo. It's a, it's a pretty good day. Uh, yeah, it's a good day. Good day. It's yes. a good day. Awesome. So I guess that I'll, I'll, ask, I'll end on this question. What's coming up? If you can give me some insight, what's coming up for Tops in 2020 that maybe that we're kind of unexpected or is, I know you guys pull pull cards out of your hat all the time, so yeah, you know we have some surprises um, that I on you know I'm not at liberty to share, but right. there's always going to be some new products that come out, some new wrinkles to existing products to make them exciting, mm-hmm. um, and you know it's it's going to be the great stuff that you have come to expect from Tops, so. Stadium Club's going to look friggin' beautiful again this year as it has the last couple years. Right. Ginter's going to have some really cool, wacky uh, signers and interesting inserts and relics that you have never seen before. Uh, people signing that you're like, how did they even get in contact with these people? Sure. Um, that are going to be interesting to both collectors, seasoned collectors, and then people who are fans of those people. So, right. you know, if you pull a car to somebody that maybe you're not a fan of, Someone's gonna like that, and you can make a nice trade on that. I want to specific. I'm sorry, I told you I'll let you go, but no, you, you you said something that that piqued my interest here. Ginter, I went to bat. I'm serious. I went to bat for tops two days ago because someone pulled a, a Mike Oz relic, and I'm, they're like, "Who is this?" I'm like, "Dude, that's Mike Oz." You know, I mean, you don't understand. One, if you're in the hobby, you should know who Mike Oz is because he has a great show on Yahoo, mm-hmm. and he, he he is a great advocate for the hobby. Two. Tops got this right because Tops is putting people who care about the hobby back into the hobby. Sure. So you should not be, excuse me, bitching and moaning about this card. It's a great ad, and it's something you're not going to see in another product. Right. And you know, we make a lot of different products. Mm-hmm. If you're only interested in ripping open packs and getting only baseball players. Mm-hmm then Ginter probably isn't the best way to spend your money. If right. you're looking for something that's cool and interesting and you might get a quirky one-on-one that is an awesome piece of your collection sure. or something that you can turn into other product, mm-hmm. like then take a shot at Ginter. Absolutely. I'll, I'll end on this story. You guys in Ginter had uh, the Squar Brothers in Ginter a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I had no greater joy in my life last year than having Randy and Jason sign Topps Allen and Ginter cars for me. And it was awesome they did it in person i saw them at a show and they're like hey we remember this and we had a conversation about it and it brought it brought me uh, you know who somebody in the hobby brought me back back down to that collector level like tops did something that i can have for my own pc now and it's really cool so guys get off ginter get off your high horses (laughs) all right mr fulton thank you very much thank you you guys hang tight we'll be right back hey this is brandon hey this is kurt and we're ripping vintage packs and you're listening to Fat Packs Podcast. Um, you guys are more than welcome to ask Pete some questions, and then at uh, 2.59, we're going to get our broadcast started. So uh, I'll let you take it from here. Any questions you might have for Pete? What your parents say when they saw your face all over the back of your um, I didn't ask him about it, but usually uh, my mom and dad usually try to keep all the memorabilia stuff for later on in life. Uh, so my parents do a pretty good job of documenting uh, the journey. So it's, it's really it's really cool to kind of see their reactions of, of some of the stuff. So it, this is special for sure. Did you collect as a child yourself? Um, I mean, I had cards. I wouldn't call myself a, a collector. I mean, for me, I... I I was, I, I was lucky enough to grow up in Tampa, Florida, and uh, I spent a lot of time out there out there playing playing ball. So I, I wanted to be the, he's paid his dues, went through every level of the minor leagues, managed in the Dominican Winter League, he's won championships in the minor leagues, 
uh, also in the Dominican Winter League, so he's very well qualified. I'm, I'm excited for him. He deserves it. Where did you have So I had him in 2017 in AA, and then 2018 in AA, and then uh, this past year is the uh, quality control manager. What's the weirdest thing you've ever asked about sign? I signed someone's uh, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, so how it went about is like the there's a mother with a child. She wanted me to take a picture with the, with the kid. She wanted me to hold it. And I felt a little uncomfortable because I didn't want that responsibility. Like if, if the handoff went wrong I, and like I dropped the kid, that would have turned out terrible. <laughs> so I just said, no, I, I appreciate it. I'm flattered, but I, I'm sorry, no. And she's like, well, can you sign a shirt? I'm like, well, do you have another baby shirt? And she's just like, no. And then she turned him around and was like, sign him. And I'm like, okay, I'll sign him. Uh, I mean, that's a little weird, but I mean, it was, it was fun at the same time. So, I mean, it's, it's always interesting to see what uh, people have to say. Who was the biggest uh, mentor for you um, I, I'm really lucky. There's there's a ton. I mean, Robbie Cano and Todd Frazier are some of the veterans I uh, tend to lead on um, a lot. I talk to Jake a lot. I mean, those guys just are, are kind of the... Um, kind of the leaders in the clubhouse, kind of the, the guys that uh, everyone kind of looks to and uh, are good role models for. They go about their business, play the game the right way, and um, I've leaned on them a lot. And also, like, leaning on uh, Chili Davis, Tom Slater, our, our uh, hitting coaches. I mean, our, our entire staff and all of our teammates were awesome. So, I mean, it's, it was a really conducive environment for me, and I'm, I feel really, really blessed to, to have all the teammates uh, all the awesome quality teammates and quality staff that, that we had. So, so it's a, it takes a village, you know. Todd signed with the Rangers. Yes. He said that he has a deal. Sometimes he'll say he wants to be the hero today. Yeah. Is that a legit thing? What What do you take? What does that mean to you? Yeah. Um, it's. I mean, Todd. It's. He would say that every time it was like a close ball game, like in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, uh, we're getting down to the wire, and he always comes in the dugout. Like, All right, guys. Who wants to be the hero today? I'm not trying to I'm not trying to play extra innings. I'm hungry and I want to go home. We gotta beat him now. So Todd's always just clowning around, joking around. I mean, he's in just an incredible workhorse, but he knows he knows the uh, the balance when to blend, like uh, to take the serious uh, take the serious hat off and put the fun put the fun hat on. So like Todd's just unbelievable unbelievable teammates. He's one of my favorites for sure. I'm I'm happy he's he signed. Uh, with the Rangers, and um, I'm, I'm happy for him. But selfishly, I, I like having him on my side. <laughs> How'd you feel when Tops asked you to call you to be here today? I mean, oh, this, this is a big, this awesome. cool, right? Um, as soon as as soon as they asked for it, I'm like, all right, this is going to be a really cool and, and special day. So um, now I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Anybody uh, you're looking to pull in that first pack of, of top series one? It's always it's it's going to be cool to see. I hope I pull some of uh, some of my teammates or some of my friends around the league. Um, it's it's always interesting to see. I mean, it's black box chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> How's the card culture in the clubhouse? Is it is it um, something that's talked about? I mean, you guys trade or even look at your cards in the clubhouse? No, uh, I can't say that anyone's ever had their own card because I. I guess it's for us. It's like, why have a picture of yourself? Sure. It's in your locker or something like that. So it's I, guys usually don't do it. Guys, a lot of guys, what they do, they um, they collect. Like, let's say if like you grow a uh, 
special bond with a teammate, then at the end of the year, you'll ask for like, hey, can you sign a ball for me, or can you sign a bat, uh, or something like that. So that's, um, it's not necessarily card culture per se, but guys that you mm-hmm. throw respect for, um, or for guys that you're friends with, you'll, you'll end up signing a bat or a ball or something sure. like that for them. Hey, guys will send you a lot of cards, though, and just fans will send a lot of cards mm-hmm. to the team. Did you get a chance to look at him at that point? I, I try to. Uh, I try and get back to as many people as possible. But um, it, I mean, it's unfortunate because I, like when I when I go to the field, I have I got I got work, but I usually try and, and take some time to to sign for uh, sign for some people because I mean, without fans, like the sport wouldn't wouldn't be what it is. So you gotta. I mean, for me, I, I love showing support to the fans or recognizing the fans, uh, how much they dedicate. So I, I, I try. I try to. I, I do my best. One more question. Pete, did a great job in Cleveland. Saw you there. Win the home run derby. Can you tell us a little bit about how you prepared for that event? It's so different. Than yeah. Um, so I flew. I flew my cousin out uh, to New York and to Atlanta. So we actually practiced uh, twice before the derby. Um, we, like actually we had the rules like within the, the time slots and so we, we got it down we got into a rhythm and we got the plan and thank, and, uh, thank God I had some guys uh, kind of help me along I mean the guys mentioned before Todd Frazier, Robbie Cano those guys actually are home run derby champions and also someone who was hurt Ioannis Cespedes who's another home run derby champion and Chili Davis who was the hitting coach for Cess when uh, when he won at Novo, so I had a lot of a lot of uh, people help me out with the game plan. So basically, it's uh, it's how like slow and steady wins the race. You just have to conserve as much energy as possible because it doesn't matter how many overs you hit. You just need to hit one more than the guy that you're facing, and and it, it worked. It was awesome. Yeah, thanks, Pete. DJ Peters here with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and you're listening to Fat Packs. All right, all right, all right. We're back here in the studio uh, after recouping from the Tops Million Card Rip Party. That was a lot of fun to be there, a lot of fun to see what was going on uh, both inside the breaker room uh, online with the with the watch parties. I got to be completely honest, and I said it I said it uh, in the room. I was skeptical about how it was going to be uh, pulled off, but man, it was it was done really well. Emily, who uh, who we all love, Suze. Suze is no longer at Tops, but Emily replaced Suze uh, when she left to take on her new venture. And Emily did a really good job pulling it off. She was really were really well prepared and had uh, had everything laid out. She was in charge. She was calling all the shots. Emily Kless, she did wonderful. Guys, give her a shout out and a follow over at Tops because if she can pull this kind of thing off. This is her. This is her first like run run at it. I think. I think it was it was done well. She did she did a great job. So congratulations to Tops. Congratulations to Emily, Jeremy, Blake, everybody involved. It was wonderful. Uh, I think you, that you you guys put a top notch program together, and it came off as well as it could have, especially given the situation of how flipping cold it was uh, in the DFW area. Man. Uh, Things were kind of sketchy, but you guys did great. It wasn't like a Super Bowl that was played here, 2012, when that thing kind of fell apart. You guys uh, pulled it together, and it was awesome. the The giveaway was the giveaways were fun in the room, 
and uh, I believe most of the breakers reciprocated that to their their followers and and the, and the guys that were breaking with them. Prizes were amazing. Uh, game used jerseys, bats, one on ones exclusives for the for the for the set that were that were not available anywhere else. Uh, if you if you got in on it, let me know how you think about it. There is some uh, flo- some opinions floating out there that it was a dud. I don't believe that to be the case at all. I was really impressed with how uh, how well it was put together. And then there was, seems to be a lot of Twitter hate too, or a little social media hate for for those who did not participate or or, or felt that they could not participate. Uh, I don't really have much to say about that other than I mean, the opportunity was there. I understand that a price point might be a, a hindrance, but you know it it was given it was out there for everybody to to be able to get in and you know, available anyways and uh if you were i think if you were a part of it you had a good time and if you weren't you you as we well the whole world saw the twitter hate and the and the social media hate so uh you know i you're not going to please everybody and evidently this is one thing that I, I guess top series 1 is sacred to so many people and that that they were upset that they were not a part of it Sorry, I'm sorry that happened, but uh, I think this was a, this was a good positive thing coming out of Tops uh, and facilitating a way to kick off the new baseball season, baseball card season. Is they, they did a great job. So again, congratulations to Emily, uh, Jeremy, Blake, everybody of the team over at Tops. You did a great job, and I was really uh, proud to be a part of the event in in some capacity. Pete Alonzo was awesome. Uh, just, <laughs> just absolutely a stand-up guy like real humble real real humble so uh, as he was strolling the room and and he did a little media interview there and um just he he was great with everybody so uh tops to uh, first class guy bringing bringing pete alonzo in and then again just the way it facilitated some of those breakers i'd never heard of uh i'm gonna give a reckless restless oh gosh what was their what was their name? I think it was Restless or Relentless. They like came deep. They were like nine, ten strong, and they did they did a good job. I, uh, Restless Craft, that's what it is. Restless, Restless Craft breaks. They did a wonderful job uh, pulling their stuff together. Everybody did a great job. Uh, cards Infinity, one on one cards. Uh, what's up with that chicken mask, man? We gotta we gotta talk about that. I know that you're a sponsor of one of our sh- uh, fellow podcasters. That chicken mask is something else. I, I don't know if that's uh, something that I would be wearing out in public. But then again, I'm the same guy that you know wears a dress from occasion as uh, my alter ego makes an appearance here or there on Halloween. Um, it's it's um, a testament to breaking. I mean, I know that people are dead set against breaking in, in some senses. It's just the way the way things are going right now, and. Uh, it's good for everybody involved, so you know for for well for the legitimate ones. There are those you know those those five and dime breakers, the guys that pop up overnight and disappear the next day. Those aren't good for anybody. But the, the established breakers who are trying and putting effort out there, you cannot go wrong with a Michael Hodges from Clubhouse. You cannot go wrong with a Chris Keller from Top Shelf Breaks. You can't go wrong with you know uh, Nate over at Grand Slam who who does more for. You know, charity-wise, and I've seen in a long, long time, you can't go wrong with those kind of guys. Latent sports cards, uh, David Adams Card World, they, you know, they all had 
good representation there and, and, and real breaks. Oh, my goodness. Tom and Ryan. Oh, man. They absolutely put everything they had into that. And they did a wonderful job. So uh, to those who out there who, who are dead set against it and the way the things went off, I ask you, I implore you to take take another look. Maybe take take a look from a different perspective, because uh, it's they did wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Now I need to give a shout out to my sponsors because I opened the show from AT and T Stadium and I did not get to do that. So I do want to thank Pastime Marketplace, um, Dynasty Breaks, Vintage Breaks, and of course Filth Bomb Breaks. Thank you all for being a part of the show, sponsoring the show. Please go check out their respective websites. Let them know that we sent you over there. Uh, you use code Fat Packs at Pastime. Uh, at Pastime Marketplace Online, you'll get yourself 20% off a beautiful graded card case. Dane, Dynasty, man, hits of the night are coming, and they're wonderful. Um, just, I don't know where you guys are sourcing this stuff for your for your vaults, but th- those are amazing. Those are amazing cards being pulled uh, for your customers. And, of course, Vintage Breaks. I don't know where else you can find breaks like that for the packs, for the packs that they have. Sometimes cases, set breaks. Uh, Layton and the team over there are doing wonderful uh, breaking that kind of stuff at a reasonable price and it's it's fun to watch a little bit of history happen at the same time and of course uh, my man Steven at Filth Bomb fills cases in in hours minutes not days and it's it's fun to watch him do his thing too make sure you're checking him out uh, as well we're going to wrap up the show here say thanks again to everyone who participated and listened and I hope you had fun to, uh, to Tops, thanks for having me out. It was great it, to see that kind of energy in the room and, and, and have a lot of fun despite there being the cold weather, the, the, the inclement weather that was there. We, we made it all happen. Or you guys, I didn't, I didn't do anything. You guys made it all happen, and it was, it was wonderful to see how, see how you did. I hope that you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, the guests that we had, Jeremy from Tops, um, Emma from Sports Illustrated, uh, Zvi from the MLBPA, Tyler from Breaker Culture. It was it was fun having you all on, and I look forward to working with you all again in the future. And that's going to be it. Uh, thanks so much for listening this week. Oh, Pete Alonzo too. I can't forget a Pete. Thanks to Pete for having some time. Uh, wonderful to have the you know the NL Rookie of the Year on the show. That was a that was a wonderful thing. So uh, thanks to everybody involved. Until next week, just keep listening. Cue the Drake. <laughs>